0: I speak to you this day in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Jesus said to them, Give unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's. The words of Jesus have become a popular saying, and those who know little of Scripture may have heard render unto Caesar. Yet digging the beneath... The surface of this short encounter helps uncover some of the deeper currents in the exchange of Jesus and the hypocrites. First, the combination of people approaching Jesus is intriguing. Matthew tells us that the Pharisees come together with the Herodians. The Pharisees didn't want to give money to their pagan oppressor and were so opposed to paying taxes to Rome. And on the other hand, King Herod's position of power came courtesy to the Romans. So even though taxes were widely considered to be oppressive, the Herodians had a vested interest in keeping the Roman taxes paid. Therefore, the Pharisees and the Herodians reflected on the, one of the horns of the dilemma. But then comes the question, is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? This references obviously to the Jewish law, also called the law of Moses. It was lawful to pay the tax by Rome's standards, the question here that we're grappling with today is whether it's proper for a Jew to do so. It would seem that they have presented Jesus with no way out. He can't speak against attacks because it would anger the Herodians and lead to a charge of treason against Rome. He could not speak In favor of the tax without alienating most of the crowds that followed him, his heritage. Jesus asks for one of the coins used in paying the tax. This is Jesus' own trap, for it proves at least one among the questioners to be a hypocrite. The coin used for the tax is a silver denarius. With the image of Caesar on one side, and on the reverse, the image of a woman named Paxt or personified, peace. The coins were against the Jewish law, which prohibited graven images. You'll recall from the Gospels the incident when Jesus chased money changers from the outer courts of the temple. These money changers had a business because one was required to exchange pagan currency for temple coins before going to do business in the temple. Kind of like the exchange rate people in the airport when you enter a foreign country. They too are robbers. They take a great deal of your money in commission. But carrying the image of Caesar into the temple was considered sinful. But note that Jesus asks for a denarius and one is quickly located and handed to Jesus. Jesus then asks the question that everyone in Israel could have answered without a coin in hand. In our reading for this morning, we used the new revised standard version which said whose head is this and who is the whose title that translation misses the point of his argument the word they translate as head is icon a greek word better translated as image the word title is better translated as likeness when jesus Answers When they answer Jesus' question, saying that the image and likeness are Caesar's, Jesus replies that they are to give the Caesar what is Caesar's. Again, the translation covers something better revealed. It could also be translated as give back rather than give. Give Caesar back those things that belong to Caesar's. It is his coin anyway. Who cares if you give Caesar back his coin for the tax? Then Jesus gives the most amazing line of the short encounter when it continues by, saying that we are to give back to God the things that are God's. It leaves everyone calculating what exactly is God's that we are supposed to give back. And in case you were wondering, the clue was the word icon or image and the word likeness. Jesus' answer came from Genesis, which says, And God said, Let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. And goes on to state, God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. The principle is this. Just as the coin has Caesar's icon on it, so it is Caesar's. We are, were made in the image and likeness of God, so we are God's. Jesus affirmed the tax while making it all but irrelevant. Jesus implies that though we do all the state, There are limits to what we owe. Yet, Jesus places no limits regarding what we owe to God. This text is often used to talk about stewardship in terms of what you give to the church. For if giving 10% of our income is all that we do, we would fall well more than 90% shy of the mark according to what Jesus teaches today. Jesus says that everything you have and everything you are is God's already. While this would certainly apply to the money you make, the formula is not that you give 100% of your income to God for God knows you need the money for the necessities of life. The teaching is that once you've given God some of the money you earn, don't feel that you have bought off an obligation. God wants to share in some of your time and energy. So the 100% formula relates to your whole life, your prayer, your commitment, as well as your wallet. What God wants is nothing less than to come and abide in our hearts. The point is that we have been made in the image and likeness of God. God loves us. God keeps our picture in the divine wallet and on the heavenly refrigerator. Jesus did not care about the tax, for his real concern is that we live into the image and the likeness of God who lovingly created us. And when we live in the right way, when we give our 100% of self to God, rest will fall. Don't worry. I'm not divorcing the needs of material commitment that is required by God. What I am saying is that when one, one is right, just like the greatest commandment, the other will be right also. And one could be the sign that the other is not Right? So we begin to live into the image and likeness of God by conforming our life to be more like Jesus' life. Giving back to Him through the church does matter, but merely giving to the government, to this church or anywhere else, is only one part of that picture. To live more fully into that image and likeness of God that is in us Give back our heart to God. That is God's anyway. When the time comes for communion, in just a little while, I want to encourage us, no matter what our denominational background, to come forward to receive the bread and wine of communion. If you have not been baptized, then come forward for a blessing. For at this altar we meet Jesus every time we worship. For in answer to the question, what are the things that are God's which we are to give back to God today? The answer is without a doubt, wholeheartedly, us. God wants us, God wants our heart, God wants our prayers. God wants that thing that holds us down also to be named so we can fully be at communion with His Son in the heavenly banquet of the Holy Eucharist. Amen.